Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Welcome to the podcast, Katie J. I am so excited to have you here. Um, for anyone who doesn't already know her, she is a spiritual life coach. And um, I just want to get right into it. So do you want to introduce yourself and um, what you're all about? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, like you said, I am a spiritual life coach. And I also consider myself to be a manifestation witch. Manifestation is kind of my specialty when it comes to man when it comes to holding space and coaching and I've been doing this work now for about let's see it's 2021 so about three years now been holding space for women typically women to step into their most powerful selves and learn how to manifest with more grace and ease Mm, amazing. I One of my favorite things is connecting with other women who teach manifestation because I feel like we all do it in such a unique way. Um, and I can't wait to hear about, or at least a little more um, deeply into your process. But before we get into the juice of all of that, um, tell us a little bit about your life because we were chatting before this and your life is freaking cool and amazing um, and how you got to where you are. Yeah. So I live in a van. <laughs> That's what we were talking about before yeah. we started recording. I live in a van and this has been a manifestation for the past three plus years. Maybe actually no way more than that. Um, in 2017, I bought my first van and never got to take a trip in it because it turned out it was a lemon <laughs> and I, sh- I probably should have known, but I, you know, we all have to make those mistakes mm-hmm. and Ever since then, I've been wanting to do van life and to explore what it would be like to live seasonally nomadic. So spending the summers in the northern, um, you know, northern United States and the winters in somewhere in the tropics. And I, when I had this vision, I was still working for somebody else. And it just didn't seem possible when I was worrying about asking for PTO and getting that approved. And, you know, it just was not, it didn't work. So I kind of knew I was going to have to start my own business or get to start my own business. I've been entrepreneurial since I was a kid. You know, I had signs up at our mailbox, you know, we had a communal mailbox in our neighborhood and I would put signs, you know, advertising (laughs) house sitting and dog sitting and cat sitting. And I got so many clients and I was like, I've been saving for a really long time. And that savings from those initial ventures ended up funding and fueling me to start this, what I do now, which is spiritual life coaching for women. Mm -hmm. So 
that's kind of how I ended up here. I have a background in the camping industry. I was a camp counselor for a long time and then a camping professional. So holding circles for women and supporting women, uplifting women, um, empowering women through connection to nature is also something that is extremely important to me, which is why I run retreats and actively work to get people back to nature because there's so much healing power there. Yeah, I am right there with you. I feel like one of the biggest healing modalities in my entire life was reconnecting with nature. Uh, So I love that that's central to what you teach and what you do. And I know people listening to this can't see us because they're just hearing our voices, but the van behind you is so cute. (laughs) looks like straight off of Pinterest. Um, Is that, (laughs) I mean, did you like have a vision for how you wanted to manifest this? You know, it's so funny because I followed so many Pinterest or I pinned so many things. I followed so many van life accounts. I was always on YouTube looking at the different options and it still didn't end up turning out anywhere near how I thought it was going to. (laughs) And I'm so happy it didn't because it's like technically my van is incomplete. Like there's still certain parts of it. Like right now I'm sitting on a Yeti cooler. I don't have like an official bench. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and, and part of that is really intentional because I wanted to live in it for a summer and be like, where do I really want things? You know, I know I need a bed. I know I need a sink, but like, where do I really want things? And when it came to like the decor, it just so happened that my first destination was Sedona for my women's retreat. And so all of the, I know the people in the podcast can't see, but all the decor is kind <laughs> of like Sedona red rock type colors, um, soft oranges and yellows and beiges and that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this really does look this like straight out it's of It's beautiful. It does. I mean, I feel like that's, that's how, at least for me in my life, the best manifestations come. It's like, I have this perfect plan and I know exactly how things are going to be. And then nothing works out how I planned it, but it ends up being much better. (laughs) Exactly. And that, that right there is the manifestation process of like, Mm -hmm. you set the intention, you have the goal, you take the inspired action steps. And then you're like, this or something better. I don't know the best route. I don't know the path of least resistance and that's okay. I'm going to release that to something greater. Exactly. And I think that that's the hardest part is the releasing it and letting go of our own plan, at least for me, uh, because I think most of us are kind of, uh, we learn to be so strong and independent and plan everything and have a backup plan and like a 10 step process and like all of our goals. And it can be difficult to, to surrender that. Um, how did you, I mean, is that something you had to overcome in your journey? I mean, of going from nine to five to having the amount of freedom, um, and you know, location freedom that you have right now in your life? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of surrender that has to happen. Um, and it's a continuous process and practice of surrender. It's not like, oh, once you get it, you get it. And it's not like riding a bike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It applies differently for different things because there are different and new triggers that happen and, um, new trauma that happens. And so, we have to continuously relearn the process of surrendering our goals. And I think I learned that process sometimes the hard way and sometimes <laughs> the easy way, right? Sometimes the hard way is like, I try to strangle it and force it and hustle it and grind it. And I'm exhausted. I, ha- I mean, just even recently the other day, I had to like take things off my plate actively because that was just too much for 
the healing that needs to happen right now. Mm-hmm. And that right there is an act of surrender of just like, yeah, I thought I had the plan. I thought I had it all figured out. I don't. <laughs> and I'm just going to like take a step back and allow the best case scenario to find me because me trying to control everything is just feeling very, very, very tiresome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got chills when you said that because I feel like I do the exact same thing. I go in process of like, whoa, Kristen, you're working too much, slow down, like take things off of your plate. Because I think my, my pattern is when I start feeling unworthy of something, I just start doing more right? Cause it's like this conditioning of, if you do more, you're more worthy of it. And then it definitely got to come. Right. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's the opposite. And so I have to catch myself and be like, wait a second, you don't need to do more. Um, you need to trust more. Um, but obviously it's not always easy. And sometimes I'm in the hard way, sometimes I learn the easy way. Um, but I know you mentioned, um, traumas and healing. And for me, that's a big part of manifestation. I would say even bigger than actively quote unquote manifesting, um, do you feel like that's similar for you? And, and what is that process of working or working with or uncovering your traumas and actively healing? Yeah, I think it's funny because with every year that I teach manifestation and study manifestation, new layers unfold as far as what's actually happening here. And what I have started to realize through my work um, with one-on-one coaching and retreats and women's circles is that there's a lot that there's there's it's three layers it's mind body and spirit right that's kind of how I approach it so when we understand the spiritual context of why we're here and what we're doing here then that helps with the surrender. We need to work with the mind, right? The subconscious mind. We've been conditioned because we are spirits in skin suits that have been conditioned into the society. And our minds really are not that helpful in the manifestation process because they're so conditioned and domesticated. Our bodies have trapped trauma, trapped emotion, trapped patterns in them living in our these animal bodies. And you know, our minds can trigger that too, just by thinking about something, we can trigger a whole physiological response that causes us to completely shut down and not want to take action on our goals and dreams. So yeah, absolutely. Our trauma can get in the way of manifesting. So I've started to educate myself more on trauma and learn. And I've been working with a spiritual mentor for three or four years now on healing all sorts of trauma, everything from ancestral to religious trauma to, um, you know, even just the traumas of this past year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that process has looked like titration. You know, we're not just like unboxing everything at once. That's not how it works. And that's not even totally helpful. It's a slow drip of I mean, she just slowly drips content to me, but she's also slowly dripping um, different activities and exercises and journal prompts and things like that. It's not just like all at once, boom, here it is. Now go through it. She's kind of, she knows me well enough at this point because we've been working together for so long that the work is gradual. And we also do a lot of shadow work and shadow healing, which is really looking into the feelings, the thoughts, the emotions, the, be- the beliefs, the behaviors of 
whatever it is that's not working in my life at that time or whatever it is that's not clicking or not in alignment or not feeling good or I'm working through actively. And she always encourages me and so many times she's caught me like, well, first, th- first off, she's always reminding me to journal, right? She's like, have you journaled about this? Because she will always ask me that. So now I'm like, I just need to journal about this before <laughs> I take it to Jen. <laughs> so that's always really helpful <laughs> to journal. And um, we also, so I was saying, we also do the shadow healing stuff, which is really feeling the emotions of that thing, that trigger, that experience, instead of just jumping over it and trying to get back to feeling good, back to the high vibration. Because if we don't feel it, if we don't fully listen to what that story is in our body and what that feeling is trying to tell us in our bodies, then we can't fully integrate it going forward and understand it so that it can be, so that it can stop standing in our way. I think a lot of times just it being in the subconscious, hanging out in the background in our energy field, it's impacting our manifestations. And the whole point of shadow work is that you shine light on the shadows. You love the parts of yourself, yourself that doesn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. And that right there is enough to set them free, to set, to release the energetic bind that they have on me. So I would say those, you know, the slow integration, the journaling, the shadow healing, it's all been integrated into how I've been healing and how I am also supporting others in that work. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I get so excited hearing you speak about this because I feel like I haven't come across many people out there who teach manifestation under this lens of like diving into shadow work and feeling your emotions because I feel like I found in a lot of the new age teachings that are going around around manifestation, law of attraction, it's very think positively, say your affirmations, and you want to feel good all the time. (laughs) And I mean, personally, I found that to be detrimental and it can be really toxic. And so hearing you talk about feeling your emotions, experiencing them, shining a light in your shadow is really exciting because that has been really transformational in my life also. And I found that like my biggest manifestations have come after crying my eyes out or like screaming out all of my rage or anger on the phone with my coach. Um, so I love that, that you speak on that. And do you feel that, I mean, obviously when your clients come to work with you is the biggest part of what you work on with them is that, is it this process um, or is it more of um, leaning into and, you know, visualizing whatever their manifestations are or a mix of all of the above? Great question. And I do want to mention, cause you like the, the positivity stuff on manifestation, the affirmations, there's a place for that. But I think Mm -hmm. you, one thing that I've learned from one of my mentors, Catherine Zinkina, is that you can't park your old, you can't park your new car where your old car is Mm -hmm. in the garage. So for me, shadow work is like releasing the old car, selling it off and upgrading to the new car, which like, yeah, that is when you need to rewire your brain. Like that is where affirmations are helpful because Mm -hmm. they are it's just like learning a new language. Like you got flashcards, you immerse yourself in that culture. And that is how you literally change the neuro pathways in your brain and think about your life differently. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with my clients to answer your question, (laughs) when I'm working with my clients, we're doing, you know, this is something that I've been processing recently as I'm driving across the country and just thinking a lot about my clients and my business and how I can best serve. And one thing that I realized is that I, what I do with my clients is different for each one. Some of them really love the breath work that I do. I hold space for 
um, for breath work. It's a three-part breath to two-part inhale and then in relaxing, releasing exhale. And we do that with music and space holding and Oracle card pulling. And like that, sometimes that's our session. And sometimes we're diving deep into this belief that they have that they can't sign clients unless they're launching. Right. And we go deep into that or some sort of block that they have around sales that's preventing them from signing any new clients. And we dive into like, well, what is, what does it sales mean to you? And, you know, we go into the shadow work, like I mentioned before, shining light on the stories that they're telling themselves. And oftentimes what I'm mostly doing is just listening really lovingly and reflecting back to people because most of us don't have someone in our lives that can hold space like that, that can just listen to us as a third party, impartial human that is only interested in our growth and expansion and evolution. And that is what I do is I love on my clients. I literally just reflect love back to them. And what I can, when I'm in that state, when I really am a clear channel, I can catch their limiting beliefs and their stories and the things that they're, that are so subconscious to them because they've just been bouncing around with it in their head, not able to fully speak it out to anyone. So I would say all of my client calls look differently. Some of my clients are Reiki practitioners, some of them are artists and musicians, some of them are insurance agents, right? Like they're all across the board. But what I think they all have in common is they just want more peace. They just want love and happiness in their lives. And it's not really about like, oh, how do I manifest this car or this house like that they they get that that down pretty quickly once they get to the point which usually I like to work with people for at least about around six months and usually around the like four or five month mark is when things really start clicking and shifting and I start getting all these text messages of things that are just flowing into their lives because they're in the receptive mode Mm -hmm. that's beautiful and I don't know if you find this but what I found is that because you mentioned uh, everyone wants to feel more peaceful, more love, more joy. And what I found is most people think they know what they want to manifest, right? They're like, I want that car. I really want that car. I'm desperate to manifest that car. Or they want to manifest a vacation or a million dollars. But what they want is the way it's going to make them feel, right? They want like to, someone to feel proud of them or they want the status or they want to feel, you know, they'll be more loved when they get that thing or they'll feel more inner peace when they get the money. You know, we're all chasing the feeling, but we attach the feeling to the things. When we feel desperate for the things, what we really need is the feeling right now and the feeling attracts the things. Um, And so I feel like that's probably what you're speaking on with your clients where you help them get to a place of being able to organically hold those feelings and embody that energy. And then they naturally attract all of those things for five months in. Exactly. Because the universe already knows what you want. So yes, it's very helpful to get clear for yourself on what it is that you want so that you can focus on that. But the universe already knows like what your desires are. Your job at that point is to get is to be a vibrational match for that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the like, well, if I'm not feeling good, if I'm feeling sad or angry or frustrated, then I'm not a vibrational match to what it is that I want. But I would encourage you to think about it as like 51% of the time, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like you are allowed and encouraged to feel those emotions and to go there and to visit that and to learn from it so that you can get to the other side. It's not about not feeling bad. It's just about moving through the the quote unquote, bad feelings or the um, low vibe emotions. If, you know, I have quotes around that for those mm-hmm. who are just listening. 
it's not about avoiding those things. It's about being able to move through them and back to your dominant vibration, your typical, your normal vibration, which one of the things that I've started to do and hold space for on Instagram live is what I call manifestation class, where we basically put ourselves into the vibration of already having what we want of Mm -hmm. already oh my gosh, it's here. It came to me so easily. I hardly had to do anything. I just followed the inspired action steps and they were always so easy and fun. And now it's here. And, you know, you get into the energy of having it now for, you know, maybe 90 seconds and then you can go on with your day. And that practice has been one of my favorite manifestation practices of just literally practicing the vibration of already having it so that I like I said, the universe knows what you want. Now I am practicing the vibration of having it and therefore matching that on a more regular basis, Mm -hmm. naturally training my vibration up and up. Now, of course, this is all with the caveat of like, do not skip the shadow part (laughs) of it, right? Because there's going to be thoughts that tell you like, you can't have that. Who the hell do you think you are? You know, you're not worth it. You haven't done X, Y, and Z work, hustle, sacrifice, whatever. You got to look at those too, right? That's, we got to do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't remember what I asked you, but everything you said was amazing. And I'm glad we went there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> because I mean, I think that's so important and doing the little like 90 second, um, I don't remember who it is. Maybe Abraham Hicks who says, when you hold on to a feeling or an energy for more than like 17 seconds or maybe 18 seconds, seconds, right. You're like shifting into a new quantum timeline and that's really what's happening. Um, you know, but then what about the rest of the, the, you know, 23, 24 hours of the day. So if you're holding on to that vibration for 90 seconds in the morning and then the rest of your day, you're, you're living a normal life. Um, so how, how does that 90 seconds, how important is that to shift your reality? Or do you feel like the rest of the 23, 24 hours, is there something people should be doing to maintain that vibration in some way? You know, this question kind of reminds me of like, so I grew up in a church. I don't identify mm-hmm. with any particular church anymore. But one thing that, that was always emphasized was like, you don't just go to church on Sunday and then like think about, you know, and then you can just do whatever the hell you want during the week. Um, I think it, it kind of applies here too, where the intention is that you do this type of exercise. What I would actually, what I was actually doing when I was trying to manifest going full-time in my business, I was still working part-time jobs and like side hustling. What I would do is right before my shift, during my lunch break and right after my shift, I would, I had alarms set to drop into that feeling of already having my business up and running and, you know, several thousand dollars coming in each month to support me and like paying somebody to do things that I didn't want to do. And I would just like drop into that feeling. So that was something that I didn't just do once a day. It was like multiple times a day, depending on how hard you're manifesting something really. And then the rest of the day, I, you know, what's coming through right now is just to encourage people to be present with what comes up Mm -hmm. for the rest of the day, because you might notice, like, as you do this practice, you will start to notice things in your reality that are, you're attracting, that you're attracting to help you get to where you want to be. So like, notice where the, where those things are showing up, you know, and, and, and show gratitude for them. Right. And like recognize them because you want more of those to come in more of those conversations, more of those introductions, more of those, just like random flyers that you get handed, you know, that connect you to a mentor or whatever. And during the day, I would just say, I mean, my main practice is to be present, be really present with 
the emotions that are coming up and what's triggering them. I mean, even for an example, like for those who are listening, I am in a parking lot right now <laughs> and I, I heard earlier, I was just kind of tinkering around and making uh, tea and I heard what sounded like a domestic dispute or just like some sort of yelling happening somewhere else in the parking lot. And I was like, immediately I could feel my whole phys- physiology change. Right. And I became like anxious and worried and trying to figure out where it was coming from and if everyone was okay, and whether or not I needed to call the cops. Right. And so this was just like a few hours ago and just being present with that experience and like realizing what was happening. And then I actually, it actually worked out really perfectly where I was able to, I have this exercise that I do called, um, or this activity that I do called tension and trauma release exercises, TRE. I started to get trained in it, but decided not to finish it, which we can talk about later if you want to. (laughs) Um, And unfortunately, fortunately, my uh, teacher had a class right before this. So I was able to kind of like shake off some of that stress, some of that tension that was built, that, that that arose from the situation across the parking lot. And, you know, I don't, I want to just, the only reason why I'm touching on this is because we can't always control what happens in our day. We can't always control what other people do, but we can be really present with what's happening in our body and have practices for coming back to an equilibrium when we realize that we are triggered or stressed or um, something comes up that feels so good in our bodies, right? Like when we have the practices set aside, we can basically allow the, that stress response to really flush through the body. And then we can kind of go back and return to equilibrium and create more resilience to stressful situations. So even though you're doing your manifestation practices, I would say throughout the day, just being aware of your own body's needs, whether or not you're drinking enough water, is your pee clear? You know, these are the types of things (laughs) like taking care of yourself throughout the day, I would say is the best thing that you can do to feel good. Yeah. No, I love that because I feel like there's a really fine line and like a balance between living in your visualization and living in the past versus living in the present. And I think a lot of people get stressed about, oh, like I visualize now I need to maintain this for the rest of my day. And if I'm not feeling how good I felt in my visualization, I'm doing it wrong and I'm sabotaging. And so I love that you mentioned that scenario that came up for you, because I think what I've realized in my life is oftentimes even when I'm getting triggered by something that happens and it feels like it sucks or it's heavy or it just doesn't feel good. Um, it's almost always, you know, still happening for me so I can manifest what I desire. Cause I feel like, um, you know, most of my life I learned to repress my emotion or repress them, repress them. I felt anxious, repress it. You feel sad. Like, you know, Oh, your kid's crying, right? You give them a treat. So they stop crying, right? Repress your emotions. Don't feel them. And suddenly we're adults. We want to manifest amazing things, but we have all this repressed energy inside of us. Then you ask to manifest something amazing and the universe is like, yes, this is yours. But let's get rid of some of the stagnant energy. So it sends you a triggering situation to bring out the emotions that were already repressed inside of you. And if you don't have the tools, right, to move through that in a present way, um, it's easy to get either caught up in the anxiety or to just push it down um, and create even more stagnant energy in your body. And so I think that is an extremely powerful manifestation process to just learn to be present with that. Um, And I would love to hear more about, I think you called it TRE um, or whatever process or practice that you use to move through those kinds of situations or anxiety when it does come up. Yeah. So TRE stands for tension and trauma release exercises. And I was introduced to it by a friend and just thought it was really an interesting 
somatic practice where you basically do these seven exercises to elicit what is called a tremor, a neurogenic tremor, or what some people call shaking in the body. Mm-hmm. And what this, what's happening here is basically, if you think about a deer in headlights, right? It's like, oh crap, I'm about to get hit and it freezes up and its body releases all of these hormones that like basically cause it not to feel the pain of that tiger or that gunshot or that car, right? That's, that it's signaling I'm in danger and it's frozen. What we don't see is that if we didn't hit that deer, if like the deer didn't actually die, it will shake off that response. Literally its body will totally just underneath the fascial tissue will just tremor or ripple and release a whole new set of hormones that is you can relax, you can go back to eating, you can go back to resting and digesting now. So what we're doing with these seven exercises in TRE is working the muscles that are mostly used in the stress response. So, you know, if someone's going to come at you with a club, what are you naturally going to do? You're going to curl in like this and contract in the abs and the psoas and in the hips area too. So these exercises either stretch or mildly fatigue these muscles to kind of elicit um, a response in the body that basically to basically make the body think that it was like running away or, um, or fighting or freezing. Right. So like working those muscles to get the body primed for getting ready to come back to rest and digest. So then after the exercises, we lay down and there's a few more movements that we do. And basically you get into a position and you are tremoring you're shaking for about 10 to 15 minutes depending on the group and the class and all that good stuff and I was getting trained in it there's three modules I was getting trained in it for a very for a few reasons I, I have not and and may not complete the training um mainly because those seven so I'm a yoga instructor and those seven exercises are just like so painful for me and mm-hmm. and that it, meaning like they're just they're just boring right I, I want to like have people moving and dancing and like being flowy and how yeah. I teach yoga is basically like I put someone in a position and I'm like listen to what your body needs in this position if you want to go to side to side if you want to go up and down if you want to like lift an arm just listen to what your body needs and encouraging people to be a part of their own healing instead of me being like, here you go, here's the formula, follow it. And this is what's going to happen. I tend to want to empower people to be a part of their own healing and, and living in a van, is just not that ideal for like Mm. video. And it needs to be really, you know, it needs to be like six, seven feet away. So you can see the person's whole body, like my whole body. And I just don't have that kind of space in the van. So there were, you know, both logistical and, you know, TRE as a company, they, what they have patent, I don't think that they've patented it, but what is theirs is the seven exercises. The trimmering is available to all of us anytime, anywhere. I would encourage that, that if that's something that you're interested in to like, look into somebody who does that work and, you know, and who can hold space for you and who can tell you more information about what's happening in the body and answer any questions that come up and just be that loving container during that. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out what I want that to look like for me. I know during my retreats, it's way easier to hold that space and create that space where we can trimmer through a yoga practice or 
um, just through a hike, right? Just working those mm-hmm. muscles on a hike, you can lay down and start to trimmer a lot. Some people will do it and they'll say, you know, this is actually something that's happened to me before, <laughs> you know, and I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like, and, and that's because consciously we've shut down this shaking because if we see someone just shaking, scary. it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like, okay, they're on drugs or they're sick or something is happening. That's not good, but actually it's a, it's our body's natural ability to release the tension trapped in our animal bodies so that we can return back to rest and digest. So usually after these classes, I feel like like kind of sleepy, a little drowsy, but like also very refreshed and awakened. And, um, I, sometimes if I do it for, if I haven't done it in a while, my legs will get sore the next day. So, you know, it's just kind of like, it's different every time. And that's one of the things that in Thierry, they taught us not to like demonstrate it at all or demonstrate what it could look like because it's different in everybody's Mm -hmm. bodies and it shows up differently, even in my own body at different practices. And that's cool to witness too. That's, I mean, I love learning about new modalities. I've never heard of this, but I was trying to think, have I had any experiences like that? And I know you teach breath work as well. I've had some crazy, crazy breath work experiences where my whole body is uncontrollably shaking. Um, and I'm unable to stop it, which sounds similar to what, to what you're sharing. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you've had any experiences like that in breath work. Do you feel like breath work can be similar, um, in experience to what you're describing? Yes. Yes. So both are, and it's interesting because during my last retreat in Sedona, I actually combined the two. Mm-hmm. I've been playing with combining the two in my own practice of like shaking while I'm doing breath work, not the whole time by any means, but just on and off. Um, but yeah, so breath work kind of it, the style that I teach and hold space for it kind of stimulates the stress response a little bit, right? Because you're breathing heavy as if you were running away or like going to fight somebody or whatever, but you're in a safe space and your body is in a safe space and it knows that. So it's able to access some of the trapped energy in your body. Sometimes even in your mind, I think in your mind too, a lot of people who have trouble with meditation say that they go to breath work because it helps them get to that clear state of mind. And so I think that, yes, just like breath work, this trimmering and shaking practice it the exercise the movement the somatic aspect of it is used to kind of like get the body active as if it were doing something um to protect itself and then relaxing to shake off what's happening so i think it's you know tre or or this trimmering practice is more in the muscular skeletal energetic part of the body and breath work is more of like energetic I was energetic and spiritual yeah. types of things. And in That's both, how it feels to me. yeah, in both, I have divine downloads. I have inspired action steps come through. I have trauma release. I have clarity. I have vision. I have direction. I have guidance. I have support. Like all of those things come through both. It just mm-hmm. depends on what I'm interested in that day. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is, I mean, I haven't done breath work probably in a year and a half. And now that we're talking about this, I'm like, oh, I really should do it again. I'm thinking about my past experiences. Like I've had similar experiences. I've, I've received downloads. I have like communicated with the highest selves of exes. I visited past lives. Like it's, I mean, I've had crazy experiences or I feel like I'm on drugs. 
Um, and obviously it's just breath, but just to backtrack a tiny bit, cause I haven't really talked about breath work on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give just a general explanation of what it actually is for people who've never heard of it or tried it? Yeah. So when I'm referring to, when I refer to breath work is a neurosomatic type of breathing. So it's basically all in and out of the mouth and it's a two-step inhale. The first step is you breathe into the belly and the belly expands and then you breathe into the chest and then you exhale out of the mouth. Belly, chest, release. Belly, chest, release. Like that. Some people teach it a lot faster than that. I have found that I don't need to go any faster than that to receive what it is that I've uh, been explaining. So this style of breath work, and you can learn more about it on my website, womanifestor.com forward slash breath work. And what it does is it opens up. So this is, this is how I explain what's happening because I honestly cannot fully give you like the scientific explanation of what's happening because I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but I am a spiritual life coach. So I can tell you the spiritual side of what's happening. Um, Perfect. Yes. So breath is life force energy, right? I mean, we need it. We need it. Like if you can't, you can't hold your breath for that long and not live. It is literally what keeps us alive. And it is, it is our connection to nature and all these things. So breath is extremely powerful. We're now moving the breath. When I say into the belly, that's like, that's kind of covering the lower chakras, right? The first, the first three chakras and into the chest covers the heart chakra and then out of the throat for the throat chakra and what how I like to think about it is you know chakra is another word for wheel and I think about the breath kind of spinning these wheels of our chakras and seeing where there's you know maybe some like stuckage or it needs to be greased up a little bit or one wheel is moving slower than the other and none of this is conscious right none of this is happening consciously the only thing that you're doing consciously is breathing but subconsciously, so much is happening. And the I end up getting downloads from all areas of life, <laughs> everything from past traumas to parent relationships to clients and, and romantic relationships, all sorts of things download because I'm, it's like I'm spinning the wheels of these chakras and seeing what's ready to be loosened up revealed and loved on and i don't like to use the word healed because it it makes it seem like there's an end to our healing which i think Mm -hmm. if you woke up a human there's healing to do so it's one of those practices that can help you to unlock some of the you know like i mentioned earlier a lot of people get caught up in their head and the monkey mind and when you're when you drop into this breath work and there's music and you're being encouraged and there's other people either in the room or in the zoom room with you doing this, you unlock quietness in the brain, clarity in the body. And you receive all of, I mean, it's like you said, it's like you're on drugs. Like you, the first time it happened to me, I was like, what is actually happening? Like I just started bawling, crying. I was feeling emotions that I had never felt before. I, or that I had been resisting. I, received very, very, very clear visions about my purpose here on earth and the reminder that I'm supported in this purpose. And I always leave breath work feeling either like with greater peace, greater clarity, or just 
more supported on this journey. I mean, I always ask that my ancestors show up, that my spirit guides show up, that um, my my God and goddesses show up, and that my wise inner guide lead me through the practice. And I want to really emphasize that because this is a, a practice that can help to heal trauma, and this is why I wanted to study it because within breath work, I, I've heard people before not honoring their body and thinking that they need to do the breath the whole time. They need to go super fast. They need to go super hard and like really treating this healing practice like you would a football game. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I think it, it's so powerful because it really teaches you like where those things are coming up, like where you feel the need to push because everyone else is doing it or you don't want to do it wrong or whatever it is like, no, this practice is really for you to listen to what you need. And if you do that, the breath work will always give you the healing that you are ready for and available for at the time. But if you push, if you try to go too deep, too fast, if you try to keep up or whatever, that is not going to serve you in this practice. It is really all about personal regulation, self-regulation, regulating your own healing so that, yeah, you're going to get worked up. You're breathing heavy. You're going to get fired up in like a new way. And it's going to be stimulating to your emotions and to your energy and to your body in ways that you've probably never felt before. As long as you're okay with that, then you can, then the body will naturally let just do its thing. If you're like, I'm not okay with this, then you can always stop breathing. Nothing's happening to you. Nothing's Mm -hmm. being done to you. It's not a drug that's going to wear off after several hours. You can literally just return to a natural breathing cycle. And I think when people have that control over their own healing, it gives them their power back. Because so often we just say, you know, oh, this doctor is the only thing that the only one that's going to know about what's happening with my body or assign our power away to MDs when really like we have to be active participants in our own healing and breathwork is a way that people can do that. Mm. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. Um, You know, your body knows what you need and it knows everything that you need to heal, but you have to be willing to listen. And I feel like we have to remember how to listen because we all knew as children. And then we learned all of these things, right? Like you said, when you were talking about um, pushing through the breathwork because everyone else is, I'm like, well, that's been me before (laughs) I've been there (laughs) guilty. And I feel like that's a lot of people. Um, And I think it's really important because I feel like that's not talked about enough or that's never really been communicated enough to me and my past experiences with breath work and similar modalities. So thank you for saying that and sharing that. And you also mentioned that um, in the midst of breath, you've received downloads from it. You said um, spirit guides or ancestors, or you said like your gods or goddesses. Can you share more about what that, what that means? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. So I've been speaking to invisible deities my entire life (laughs) a invisible (laughs) deity my entire life and it wasn't until I was probably in upper middle upper elementary school and middle school that I realized like oh my gosh we're the only I've never seen anyone pray over their food in a restaurant like my family does and I like started to get kind of like feeling like I was weird for talking to what I now call spirit what I then called God or Jesus And it's something that I, like I said, I've done it my whole life and it really, it doesn't matter like what you call 
any sort of entity, whether you call it an angel or God or um, Allah or anything, like it really doesn't matter what you call it, what background you come from, whether or not you can even get your energy behind something like that. Like maybe science is it for you and that's fine too. I would, I will say that science does prove spirituality. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you call it. It's just, it's for me, it's that connection to the fact that I am not just, I'm not alone in this journey. I've had far too many spiritual experiences to, to think that there are, that I'm alone, that there aren't other spirits or energies out there that are working on my behalf. I mean, all of my ancestors, I'm like, I am their manifestation. I am their manifestation. Like they are Mm. constantly like, hell yeah, you're doing great. Like we, you got this, like we've been working so hard so that you can have this life so that, so that I can live in a van. (laughs) (laughs) So that I can live however life I want to, you know? So I, for me, these entities that I reference, it depends on who, it just, just depends on like what I'm feeling that day or what I feel called to say. I mean, sometimes I go as far as to say like saints and sages of all faiths and religions. I think for me, I just want everyone to feel included. So I say a lot of different things when I'm um, hosting breath work or um, holding space for a women's circle or something like that. I'll usually say like God and goddess, saints and sages of all faiths and religions, angels, ancestors, like all deities that are here for our highest good you know, like we're calling you all in because like, we need your support. Like we're just spirits in skin suits. They're spirits without skin suits. That's the only difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're our, I mean, our heart where our spirit resides. And by listening to our heart and tapping into our heart and honoring our heart, we can really connect to those entities, those guides, those ancestors and, um, support systems out there. So whenever I'm leading, um, a coaching call or a circle, I usually open up with a centering process where everyone dives in and really listens to, to their wise inner guide, their inner wisdom that lives in their heart. And that basically connects them to all of those entities or any of those entities that they can get their energy behind. And so if, you know, someone's listening and they don't consider themselves spiritual or they can't get their energy behind the things that I mentioned and by energy, I mean belief, then I would encourage you to think about like nature, right? Like nature, if you climb a mountain, you're going to notice nature is freaking powerful and beautiful Mm -hmm. and magnificent. And it's so much more powerful than you. Like go throw yourself into the ocean and tell me that you don't know of something more powerful than you, you know? Mm -hmm. And that enough, that's enough to just be like water, water is amazing. Water keeps me alive. Like I'm just going to call on the healing powers of water today (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and use that if that's what works for you. But like I said, if, if for whatever reason, someone's listening and they're like, I can't, you know, I'm too science focused, I'm too practical focused, then I would encourage you to read Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. You oh will realize gosh. that <laughs> science only proves what we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, that book changed everything for me too. I've read that one multiple times. Um, so good. And for me, I mean, I feel like I have multiple different, I guess, names of what I connect to with my faith, right? Whether it be universe or God and nature is a huge one for me. And I remember when I was living in Kauai, 
I was always in nature and I used to just lay on the ground and put my ear there and just ask mother earth for guidance and just listen. And she would talk to me. Um, so, so incredible. So I feel like there's so many ways that you can connect with, um, like you said, whatever it is that resonates with you. And when you said, I think you said, I am the manifestation of my ancestors. I just happened again. I got goosebumps over my whole body. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard it described like that. That is so powerful. Um, and it's true. Like our life is a gift and we are the manifestation of our ancestors. And that's why we also do this work. We get to pass it down to our entire, entire lineage. Um, it, it doesn't end with us. So, wow. Powerful. I know when I think about my niece, I'm like, oh my gosh, she is, I mean, besides like my clients, of course I get up every morning with with them in mind, but like, she's the next generation of women on this earth. And I'm like, all I want is for her to never, ever hear that she can't do what she wants to do. Like, I just want to be that. I mean, I'm getting emotional even thinking about it. Like, I just want her to understand, like, you can do and have and be anything that you want. And don't you ever let anyone tell you otherwise. (laughs) Uh, So amazing. And, you know, and we're doing it. We're doing it, you know, because we're already, I mean, I feel like you're there as well. Like, we've worked through a lot of our beliefs saying we can't live the life that you and I are both currently living. And here we are doing it. And so I think that the next generation is going to be even more dramatic. Um, because they're going to learn at an even younger age. And I think that, I mean, it's amazing. That's why, you know, I always say you heal yourself, you heal the world. You know, we yeah. don't just do this work for us. We do it for everyone. And um, yeah, powerful chills. But what I wanted to do is I want to transition and talk about your retreats because you mentioned them a few times and I want to hear more about how you got into retreats and um, like, what, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. So when I was in yoga teacher training in 2015, I had a really, we did this goal setting workshop where we really tuned into our purpose and our passions and what lights us up and what we're good at and how we want to serve people and what that could look like as far as a career goes. And at the time I was working a very corporate job (laughs) and I had this really clear vision of me connecting people to the healing power of nature between the mountains and the tropics. And I said, okay, that sounds pretty dope. I will definitely want to live that life. And <laughs> in that, in that vision, I was, it was at a retreat center and I was kind of doing that connection through the retreat center, whether it was through classes or space holding or whatever, or because I was the owner was all kind of unclear. It was just like, you're at a retreat center. And within a few weeks, um, I had a friend call me and ask if I had, ever, if I was interested in going back into the camping world, because there was, uh, I was living in Austin, Texas at the time. And he was like, this opportunity is right outside of Austin. And it's at a summer camp slash retreat center. And I was like, oh, I guess I need to go. So I quit my job, took like a half pay cut to go to this retreat center and start working. And I learned a lot about running the back end of retreats and booking and sales and um, creating itineraries and running the retreats, making sure everyone had what they needed, all sorts of stuff, like all the back end of what it takes to run a retreat. And when I left, I remember having my exit interview with my, with my boss. And she was like, she asked what I wanted to do going forward. And I was like, I want to have retreats. And she was like, really? Even after seeing all of like how, how hard it is to do it like this. And I was like, yeah, of course I didn't say this to her, but in my mind, I was like, because I would do it totally differently. Right. I mean, I was there to really learn and yes, I was getting paid, but I was thinking about that opportunity as far as like this is something that clearly is a part of my path and something I love to do and have started to get really good at through that opportunity. 
And I left that opportunity to go to a surf and yoga camp in Costa Rica and intern there and write for them. And so anywho, that combined with camping industry experience and um, being a part of retreats, what I'm really excited about is basically a 2022 retreat season, which is going to be Sedona in May, uh, the mountains, probably like Tahoe area in the summertime. And then in the winter, like December going down to Costa Rica. So ah, yeah, I'm my like, favorite place in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I studied abroad in Costa Rica in college twice and um, lived down there twice in adulthood after college. So I'm just like, it's such a magical place to me. And um the connection to nature and biodiversity is just unparalleled there. So mm-hmm. I've been wanting to bring people down there for years and finally getting like to the point, you know, I thought I was ready and then, and then COVID happened and there was a lot that I needed to work through myself, which was amazing. Like talk about surrender, right? Um, there was a lot that I needed to work through during the last year to be prepared and ready for these retreats. And I ran one in Sedona this past May and just, Oh my gosh, Kristen, it was, it was incredible. Like I, I didn't even have to do that much. I just created the space Mm -hmm. and they set the intention when they came and magic happened. Like everybody got what they needed and more. So many of them were like, I didn't even like at the last minute, I was like, maybe I just won't come. (laughs) (laughs) Of course that (laughs) self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. Their ego's like, don't go. Yeah. Like, you're actually going to grow from this. You know? <laughs> and it was just, oh, I just love spoiling them and taking them on hikes and on shopping sprees and to local healers. And it was just such a good time. I was like, wow, this is my job. I get paid to support women in their growth and just create a really fun experience so that they can be. So my, my retreat is called Ease Retreat. And my intention is always they're at a place of ease. They're at a place of peace and like everything is, you know, they're receiving, they're receiving everything on my retreat. They're not like worried about paying for anything. They're just in receptive mode so that they can get those downloads. They can get that next action step. They can receive the clarity for whatever it is in their business or, or in their lives. And so many people had those those aha moments, those downloads. And like, even on the way to the airport at the end, like they were still happening and it was just such a magical experience to be a part of. So I'm excited to hold space for more of those in the future. That sounds absolutely incredible and so magical. And if people who are listening are interested in learning more about your retreats or signing up for one or whatever it might be, how can they find more information about this? Yeah. So my website, womanifestor.com will have the most up-to-date information for retreats. And there's always a retreat tab, but you can always just type in womanifestor.com forward slash retreat. Amazing. And I'm assuming on your website, if they want to work with you in other capacities, everything is there. Yeah. There's a work with me tab and um, a client's tab. So you can kind of hear from some of my past, past and present clients and podcast tab. So there's all sorts of fun stuff on the website. Perfect. Amazing. And I'll make sure that we have the website in the show notes for anyone who wants to connect with her. And I highly recommend that you do. And um, also, do you want to share uh, what your Instagram is so people can connect with you there? 
Yeah. So my Instagram is just like my website. It's at womanifester. And one more thing that's coming up in August and beyond, I'm going to start offering my community breathwork classes again. So stay tuned for more information about that. I will also put that on the website, womanifester.com forward slash breathwork. Amazing. And are the community uh, breathwork, is this online? Is it in person? What does that look like? Those are on Zoom. Okay. Incredible. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here, Katie. That was amazing. I feel like we covered so much. I probably got chills like 15 times. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for being here and, and for sharing so much with, um, with the listeners. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. Of course.